a treat for you guys today. Today, Elisha and I are going to interview Michael and Ariel, and they've been married for 14 years. They have six kids. They're expecting their seventh in a couple weeks. And I'm just super excited to hear from parents that are further ahead, that have a love for the Lord, and just also have a love for business. I don't know. They have their hands in so many different things, and I'm super excited to hear from them today. Yeah, if you guys enjoy this podcast, be sure to go check out Ariel and Michael on Instagram or wherever you can find the Tyson family. We'll link them in the show notes below. And uh, be sure to leave a rating or a review if you enjoy this podcast. If you're watching it on YouTube, maybe hit the like or the subscribe or maybe both of those. All right, without further ado, hope you guys enjoy this episode. The Now That We're a Family Podcast. Ariel, Michael, we're so excited to have you guys here on the podcast. And Elisha and I look up to you guys so much, even though we don't even know you guys in person. But just seeing a couple that's united in parenting and loves each other and has fun. You guys are further ahead of us. You have six kiddos and one on the way. That's just so awesome to us, and we love that you guys are homeschooling, and so we just really want to talk to you guys today. I know our audience is going to love to learn from you, but I really know that we're going to love to learn from you and just hear you know, about your lives, how you got to where you got, and I'm sure we're going to pick up some nuggets along the way. Also, I'm excited to talk about your children's book, Jack and the Fantastical Circus, and just kind of hear about that process and what you know brought you guys to writing that book. So... I'm super excited. And I would love to start out with just asking, I guess, what does parenthood look like for you guys right now? I know you were in Montana for a while, and then you just moved to Tennessee. Before we started recording, you mentioned you're in a rental house now and remodeling. So what does parenthood look like for you guys right now? Oh, man, I would say one of the awesome things about parenthood for me personally right now is that our kids, I have kids in all different age groups. So I have a 10 year old and a nine year old, and both of them are doing things completely different than our one and a half year old and our four year old. And so I think that's been really fun because, you know, when I was a young mom and I just had, you know, preschool and under and little babies, it was just so much caretaking and you know, making sure you're fed and dressed and all those things. Now I'm enjoying the whole relationship side of it. And the kids telling me, oh, hey, I made this friend or this person said this to me, how should I handle it? And I think that's one of my favorite parts about parenting right now. And with the big move and everything, we had to, <laughs> we had to navigate a ton of emotions um, because we were leaving. We had been in Montana for eight years and my oldest is 10. So it's the only home that he'd ever known. Um, and so we just had to navigate, okay, we're leaving friends. We're leaving our church that we love so much. We're leaving our, the only home that they've remembered. And so I guess that's been a big part of at least the last few months in parenting for me. It was navigating more our emotions than their emotions. <laughs> Probably nice. that's true, actually. Uh, that's great. <laughs> so I, I want to know real quickly, you said you've got ages 10 all the way down. So you said one and a half right now or. Wow, that's that's amazing. And Katie mentioned earlier that you guys are homeschooling. Is every day a little bit different? I mean, I'm sure there's like a framework that you're hoping to work within. And um, are both of you guys involved on an educational level? Um, homeschooling for us, we've always said has been just a 
semester at a time decision. Mm -hmm. We love the idea of homeschooling, homeschooling. We both were homeschooled and had good experiences and we learned some things that we didn't like and wanted to do differently as um, the educators. And with that being said, every year and semester has looked different for us. Um, but we have some staples that we just are really important to us. Uh, one of those would be a co-op. And if you don't homeschool or don't know what a co-op is, it's just one day a week when other homeschoolers get together. And, um, and some of them operate differently, but generally speaking, a parent will teach a class um, like one of our, a couple of our kids are in a drama class right now and um, like an insect class and stuff like that. Um, and so they get to make friends outside of the family and outside of church that day of the week, but they also get to learn new things and just outside of our curriculum and our knowledge and time availability. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And so as our businesses have grown and Ariel and I have gotten busier and busier and more and more full, homeschooling has still been a priority and continues to be actually all the more, the busier we get. Uh, generally my day off is Friday. Um, although since we've moved and, and my health issues, uh, we don't have our schedule fully going yet, but that would never work sending them to any kind of a, a school. Um, and so th those are some things that are really important to us. And then as far as if we're both involved, um, Ariel is definitely mostly involved in the curriculum stuff. Yeah, the day-to-day -day teaching. Yeah, but something super important about school is learning isn't all done at school, no matter what school you go to. You have homework, you have to learn how to deal with people, you have to learn how to apply the things that you learn. One of the things that we do as a family every night is we have Bible time every night. We've tried and tried to do it in the morning before I go to work and stuff. And we're, <laughs> we're night people. So nice. we do it at night. And, um, and that's something that I, I almost always lead. And then if we're having an issue, um, like, some kind of a behavioral issue where they're just not wanting to do their school or they're trying to hide that they're not doing their school or something like that. Um, I definitely get involved in those types of things. Got anything to add to that? I think that's pretty good. Um, yeah. You want to share kind of a little bit of our curriculum journey and where we're at right now and, yeah. so, and just specifically where we're at with all yeah. of the busyness of it? We, um, well, we started, my oldest is now fourth grade, so I guess this is our fifth year homeschooling, which is <laughs> crazy hard to believe, but I have tried multiple different curriculums just trying to find what worked for us best, and several of them I love and I would recommend to people, it just didn't work for us. Um, a few of them were just way too hands-on with me working, and um, we ended up settling on, I guess it was, this is our third year. Mm -hmm with uh, BJU Press and it's an online program. So they do, they have teachers online who teach them. It's all from a Christian perspective. So we absolutely love that. Wow. But then I will work with them specifically on like reading and spelling 
apart from the work that they do online and then helping them with work text pages they don't understand and things like that but we actually have two of our kids are dyslexic so at least at least two <laughs> i'm pretty sure it's three now that we have four in school um but they so just the reading and spelling has always been a challenge because of that and just a little slower but then once they get it it's it's really exciting and then here's another <laughs> important tip i guess and if for anybody thinking about homeschooling or doing homeschooling is um i i they get the dyslexia from me <laughs> and i didn't know i was dyslexic until i was in college um all my teachers and when i was in public school and then my mom just thought i wasn't trying at spelling mm -hmm. and <clears throat> So Ariel is super smart <laughs> and school, she works hard, but at the same time, school kind of came a little bit easy. I mean, I'm not saying she, she definitely worked hard all through school. And so sometimes for her, she can get frustrated because she feels like she's failing them at yeah. times. And like, I, I mean, they're, they're doing their online class and then they're just getting, they, they can't read this. Uh, this one page or they they can't read this one word and they've worked on it for two days and <laughs> um and so we just kind of have to balance each other out um and continue to pursue excellence because uh book education is very important no matter what you do with your life and so it's something that's important to both of us now uh, i mean i read a lot every day for my job and i write reading and writing is is what i do as a pastor and then speaking obviously but um that's a, a tip you know i think as ariel said we've been doing this now five years and it's so easy to just feel like today you failed and the important thing is to ask yourself today did i do my part because you're building something that's going long term that uh, and if your kids don't get something right today, it's not the end of the world. Just continue to work on it. Don't try to sweep it under the rug or become overwhelmed by it. Mm -hmm. And the same with all of us, right? We all have the same things like, oh, I just didn't, I didn't get there today. Well, did you do your part? Did you do what you were supposed to do to, to continue to grow? So in, in general, that's kind of our. <laughs> I love it. Wow, that's great. That is so cool. And I actually, as you guys are giving little clips of your story, I want to back way up for just a second. Can you guys tell me like how you got to where you are today? I know Ariel mentioned that you guys met in college. And then what was kind of your journey to falling in love? Did you guys always want a big family? What do you guys do for work now? All that stuff. Man, okay. So we did meet in college. We met at Liberty University in Virginia. Um, I actually had moved on to campus four days before I met Michael. Um, he was he was there early. I was a transfer student, so I was there during freshman week before school ever started. He was um, a prayer leader and he was working as a lifeguard, so he was there freshman week. Um, so I actually met him. He was life who was lifeguarding, is that how you say it? <laughs> lifeguarding at the pool. I was saving people's <laughs> lives, you know, just. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I can't resist. Yeah. 
So that's like, I mean, that's how we first met. Um, we didn't date like officially for a while. <laughs> we there were some there were some trust issues early on. I would say. Why are you looking at me like this? <laughs> oh man, it was both of us. You know, we yeah. were we were teenagers, and yeah, I was eighteen. He was nineteen. Um, we both had had previous boyfriend girlfriend that hurt our feelings and so <laughs> um i did what i didn't want to happen was i didn't want to meet this girl on her fourth day of campus and then her seventh day of campus be like holy cow there's other dudes here i didn't even know and so <clears throat> yeah we did um, time we, we definitely did just take our time and for um, six months or so and then we dated for a year and then we were engaged for a year which is stupid yeah a long yeah, time yeah setting yourself up for failure <laughs> yeah. yeah a year too long that's what we yeah. always say it was uh, 364 <laughs> days too long of an age yeah because the thing is is <clears throat> the day that i asked her to marry me we knew we knew we wanted to get married we had yeah. talked about it. It wasn't a surprise. I mean, it was a surprise. She didn't know the moment I was going to ask her to marry me, but <clears throat> we had talked about it. We yes. already knew that we wanted to be married. And so that's a little yeah. side. And then, trail. well, mm. when we got married, we had like, I had a semester left of college and he had, well, he ended up with a year and a half because he played football in college. So he had okay. an extra year. Um, so we still had a lot of school left. Sure. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, and then, oh, a little bit more of our story. We, but to the school thing to chase another rabbit trail, <laughs> we were, I was already paying my own way. We I already had my own apartment. Yeah. She had her apartment. We were already living. I mean, that whole argument just seems. It didn't make any difference. For yeah, us. it didn't. We yeah. were already doing the things that. We were going to do whether we were married or not, we just got except we weren't living together and we couldn't spend as much time together as we wanted to. And it was a whole lot more of a hassle. Yeah. And uh, so then just after college, Ariel went and got her master's. I started on my master's. So, you know, getting married does not destroy your educational pursuits. Yeah. Right. It's funny. People were worried. They're like, you're not going to finish college. And then I went and got my master's after that. And I'm like, mm. well, I guess we did that. And so we were in Lin we were in Virginia for our first couple years married. And then we moved to Georgia for a year. He had a year long mentorship program with uh, Johnny Hunt, who is, a really well-known pastor, speaker, author that he got to just basically follow around and learn from for a year. It was awesome. And then we went to Raleigh, North Carolina, and we planted a church there with another couple. And we were there for two and a half years. And then we were in Montana for eight years, and we started our church there. And we started a church in Raleigh as well with another yes. pastor and his yeah. family. Um, and Ra uh, Bozeman was the longest that Ariel or I had ever lived anywhere in our lives. Yes. Wow. In our life. Yeah. And to back it up, um, I feel like we do have a great relationship and a healthy marriage now, but it's not always been that way. And you, you get a truly healthy marriage by working through 
the unhealth. Yeah, and, like our first year was. And one example rough. of that um, was she, her undergrad was speech communication and I'm a communicator for a living and I was a pastoring then too. And so we talked really good and we thought we understood what each other was saying, but communication isn't talking. Communication is understanding. Proof of that is that you could be speaking in French and you could be talking all day long and I don't know what you're saying. And so when we did get married and those things kind of collided, we thought, well, and even before we got married, we, we did 16 weeks of premarital counseling just as a, you know, it's one of the things that I recommend for everybody uh, about to get married is to go pr through premarital, premarital counseling. Everybody that I marry, um, I take them through premarital counseling. And the people that counseled us were fantastic and helped us understand a lot of those things and gave us tools even before we were married. But one specific thing um, for me was we both were working. We both were in school. And our family, um, the families that we came from, of do, origin. Uh, yeah, they yeah. do things differently. So when I would say, yeah, I'm going to help out around the house. And she would say, okay, cool. What I meant by that is sometimes, once in a while, I <laughs> do the dishes. And what she understood was every other day or whenever it's needed, I'm going to do the dishes. Right. I mean, and, and we, right. We both were working. We're both in school. There's no reason why it shouldn't have been evenly split. Neither one of us enjoy doing dishes. <laughs> it's not like one person loves it. And I remember one day uh, we were having a talk about it. Some people might say argument. And I said, no, listen, my responsibility is outside of the house. Do I expect you to mow the yard? Nice. <laughs> Nice and move. it just was not a good idea. Yeah. And so that's been something that we've had to learn through and give and take and forgive each other and grow in understanding where each other's coming from and what we really mean in what we say. One of the things that um, early on in our relationship, she had a struggle with, not because it was her struggle, but it was her experience was kind of reading into everything that I said, instead of just, I said, yeah. my favorite color is blue. Well, does that mean that your favorite color is really red? Because then you wouldn't pick, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Anything to add to that? Yeah, but you didn't finish that thought that what we learned is to say to each other, what I'm hearing you say is, mm -hmm. so like I would say something and he would say, okay, what I'm hearing you say is, and then I could correct it and be like, no, that's not what I was saying. Hmm. Yeah, that that one thing Katie and I have implemented into our communication. What so what I'm hearing you say is and saying it back to the person I think has diffused a lot of potential you know confrontations and and verbal altercations. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's so good. So one thing I'm curious of is you guys are now you, you oh, guys, oh nice 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 you weren't whistling at another girl walking by or anything like that okay <laughs> so uh you guys have six children seventh on the way um and yet by all appearances it seems like you guys still uh, like each other and you still make an effort to enjoy marriage are there some practical things that you have put into place to continue pursuing each other in the midst of child training 
I would say one big thing is that we do have a schedule and our kids, you know, go to bed at a certain time. We don't have kids in and out of our room all night um, because we need that time together, especially after they go to bed. Um, I would say that's a, that's a big thing. People ask me that a lot. They're like, how do you make time for each other? And I'm like, well, we just, we make it happen because, and if we need to talk during the day, you know, okay, you kids are in this room. This is where you're playing. We can go to another room and talk. Um, but really biggest part is that time. Once they go to bed, those couple hours before we go to sleep um, is good. And then yeah. I think yeah. another thing that I, we don't talk about everything. That's true. You know, we talk about important things, but what we're mostly talking about is our dreams and our future and um, things that can, we can help each other on. And so I think sometimes we can use our spouse as a vent, which is we definitely do and is good, but if we only use them as a vent instead of just developing your friendship. Yeah. Um, if you had, if your best friend and all you did every time you talked to him was vent, you're, you're not growing deeper together. Mm. Um, and so another okay. part of that is we both have, we just overlook so much, especially her. You know, we, we just don't sweat the small stuff in each other. The, the little mistakes will tell each other if something, I mean, I can't even give an example, but um, if something's bothering us, we share it with the other person. Don't let it build up. But then we also just don't make every little thing a big deal. And I, I think it's a really important yeah, the thing that's holding, helped us. The holding grudges thing is something I've seen a lot. Because um, as a pastor's wife, I obviously do lay counseling with women in the church. And I feel like that's the one thing I'm talking to them a lot about. I'm like, well, is this a grudge you're holding on to from something that happened months ago that wasn't that big of a deal? And, you know, talk through it. But then you just got to quit thinking about it and let it go and not let it take up space in your mind. Mm. I think that is a big thing. And then I was going to mention, like, with his job and the stress that he has, and some of the things that he deals with, you know, it's just better. I don't know some of that um, mm. just for the health of not only our marriage, but the health of the church, um, people in our church. So he's done a really good job at that. And that's something he has learned from his dad, who also was a pastor, um, is that we just don't need to harp on all of that negativity in both of our jobs all the time. Hmm. Mm, that's so good. I, I feel like Katie does such a good job. My, my wife, Katie, does such a good job of, I guess, thinking for, forward thinking. I'll come home from work and I'll, and I'll start the venting session. And Katie's always thinking forward. And she, you know, you, you'll take an opportunity. It's, it's like you said, it's nice to have the support of your spouse to kind of vent briefly and say, man, the kids did this or the neighbor did that. And my coworkers are doing this to me. But, uh, something that I think has really kept Katie and I aligned and going forward is what you said, having dreams, having visions, be, being forward thinking. And I know Katie and I are, were both naturally that way when we got married and it was somewhat of a process to kind of align 
our visions and to start dreaming as a married couple instead of just individuals. I don't know if that's something that you guys have gone through. Were you both visionary, forward-thinking, you know, goal-oriented people when you got married? And if that's the case, how did you guys fuse those and, and unite those? Yeah, well, first of all, to, to be clear, um, there are certain things that you need to vent to your wife or your spouse, you know? Mm-hmm. I'm not saying do that. I'm saying sometimes we can just yeah. only focus on one aspect of the importance of having a partner yeah. for life. That, um, But another thing before I answer your question, I think is crucial in how we're able to focus on the health of our relationship while having, you know, number sevens due next week. Mm. We are launching the book that we're going to talk about in a little bit next week. I just bought a small herd of cows that are supposed to be delivered next week. Nice. Next week. Oh, um, man. You know, a whole lot going on. Yeah. All the time. How do you keep the priorities that you want to be in the place they should be? Well, we have done the best that we can not to let our kids rule our life. Hmm. They do what we say, Mm -hmm. not what they say. And and we just see so many parents who unintentionally let their kids rule their lives. Um, And they're stealing from their marriage. Mm -hmm. The best thing that you can give your parents is a healthy marriage. As your kids you give give your kids yeah as parents <laughs> yes other than a relationship with jesus the best thing that you can give your kids as parents is a healthy marriage amen, amen. yeah sometimes because things happen slowly over time and we have homeschooled five years sometimes you drift from your spouse because you've just let unintentionally your kids take over your life mm. and you're spouse has to be more important than your kids mm. and I love my kids and she loves our kids and they are awesome kids. They are great kids and I couldn't be more proud of them, but I'm most proud of her. Mm. And I think that that's a huge key is when the kids are the kids and, and it's our job to raise them. They don't get to dictate, you know, when we say go to bed, now we've definitely had, years where kids need disciplined at night because they don't go to sleep. (laughs) Yeah. But when they go to bed, they go to bed. Right. We, we, that's Mm. huge for us. Mm. Um, now to answer your question. Yeah. About us having goals and everything. Yeah. I mean, we did a lot of things completely apart from each other when we met and we had those goals and we had those focuses. Um, And what's crazy is I said that I would never be a pastor's wife (laughs) and I was, but I was very set on, um, when I first got to college, I was going to be a TV news anchor. That was like my goal. I was in broadcasting to start. And in my very first semester before Michael and I are like, even really dating, um, God totally flipped that around. And it's cool how he worked in my life before we were even dating, And God's like, no, you are, you're going to be a ministry and you're going to be serving people. I didn't know what that would look like. And I switched everything around. I went into speech comms and then my minor is in youth ministry. And I just totally changed my heart on working with youth. I worked with teen girls a lot. I did women's ministry. And 
Um, so I have this focus and then for us to be dating and then like he just knew he was going to be in ministry um, as a pastor, but we didn't even know about church planting until we had been, I'm, I think we were engaged maybe when we started mm-hmm. looking at church planting. And so it was just cool because everything that God had already been working on with me, I could use in what I've done. Um, but, you know, he was, he was playing college football. I was competing in Miss Virginia. I did the, the pageant. So we were in like two totally different directions and um, going different places, but both of us had the same um, heart and that ended up coming together with ministry. And then another part of that is we, um, we've definitely made sacrifices again for what matters most to us. Ariel stopped competing in pageants and I quit playing football so that we could get married. And, um, so our own personal dreams, uh, uh, another thing is I just thought it was normal to play football go to practice and lift weights and then go play four hours of basketball every night. And so she would be like, Hey, do you think maybe you could only like play an hour today and we can go eat supper? I'm like, the gym is only open. I mean, there's dude playing. I got to play. <laughs> so those, those, it's part of growing together, becoming from individuals yeah. into one, one unit. And so I think right now where we're at is just supporting each other and each other's vision and dreams become ours. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause we're doing both two different things and also things together yeah, even yeah, now. Yeah. Um, two totally different, like, you know, he's pastoring, I have the social media, but we also run a few businesses together at the same time. So it's mm-hmm. like, and we participate. Both. I mean, you're in ministry too. She's leading yeah. our kids ministry. Um, I'm a part of the social media stuff as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, There's overlap. Yeah. Yes, for sure. That's great. I love that how you bring each other into each other's worlds. And then like you have so much to dream on and you have to dream about and you have so much in common when you do have conversations because you have so many shared goals and visions. I love that. Okay. I want to ask one more quick question before we jump into talking about Jack and the fantastical circus. Um, what's something that you feel like you've maybe mastered in parenting and what's something that you're still working on? question okay one of the things i think that we've mastered is our kids are very very self-sufficient and i was actually just talking we just hired a assistant for me with the work that i do and she was just telling me that yesterday and she said i love this job because it's so different than the nannying i had done before because your kids are very self-sufficient so they can do their own things and you know then I can help them out but it is really fun for me because they're proud of themselves for the things they can do by themselves and I also get time to work on other ways to help your family and that's what she had told me and and she's not she's not our nanny she's just previously has been a nanny. she has yeah in the past she has been a nanny and now she is my assistant for all things like home business kids school all that like stuff. right now um, she's holding the fort down so that we can be a part of this, that yes. kind of stuff. Yeah. We've got so many business things going on that when we were trying to find a babysitter here or there, it was like, 
we couldn't. Yes. So, so I would say like helping the, the kids to be independent while also being dependent on us, you know, because all of our kids feel really comfortable talking to both of us about whatever they have going on or they need help with or they're struggling with or they're confused about. And so they're really dependent in that way, but then also independent and able to handle things on their own and do things like that. Um, as far as things we're still working on, you got a good one there. <laughs> you, you look like you were ready. We're still working on helping our kids master self-sufficiency. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, I mean, the mastering thing, there's, I, I would say that there's things that we're just trying really hard to master. And one of those would be to be as consistent as we possibly yeah. can yeah, yeah, yeah. in everything, in discipline, in, um, in steady emotions on our end. Because when you come home from doing something crazy stressful or dealing with mm -hmm. a relational issue, you can become short. And so consistency is, yeah. is like a constant thing. And then the more kids you have, I don't know how, how many siblings you guys have, but it, I'm the oldest and she's the oldest. And it seems like the younger siblings, they, they got away with so much. Yeah. And that's it's not fair. It's not yeah. right. So uh, of course you learn as, the more you have, but I also, um, <laughs> It's, I, I don't it want is hard to oldest. be as consistent right. yeah. with the younger as we were when we only had a few and we were a lot younger. Mm -hmm. uh, I would say consistency is the, the main thing because it's hard to stay even with all of that and the emotions. And another yeah. huge challenge that we're kind of just jumping into is managing extracurricular activities. Um, yeah. Our oldest four boys played football this summer and fall, and that just ended last weekend. And um, and now the oldest four are doing wrestling. Well, I love basketball. I've coached basketball, played basketball, um, and my oldest especially is like pretty bummed that he can't play basketball this year. And we just couldn't handle it, getting the kids to different places, and with the baby and. Mm -hmm. moving to the house soon and all of that. And so we are trying really hard to do our best to offer those life experiences to our kids and not let the joys of having a large family become a burden that they have to carry. Hmm. Um, and that's a challenge, um, but it's worth it. And mm -hmm. so that's one of the things that we're working through right now not only are we busy with all of our business ventures and ministry, but you know, when the kids are doing sports that have practices at different times in different places, um, there's only two of us. So. Yeah. Yeah. I can, uh, yeah, I can only imagine that's, that's crazy. That's great stuff. Okay. So yeah. Are, do we get to hear about Jack and the fantastical circus? I, I, okay. I so the name's to. intriguing. I and I just want to know like what, How'd you guys come up with this book yeah. idea? What's the origin story? You actually came up with the fantastical part. We came up with That's the, the only name. word I wrote of it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, in the title, he was like, what about fantastical? I'm like, 
is that even does that even sound right i don't know it sounds great to me <laughs> um but yeah the book is crazy because we had talked about writing a book together for a long time and both of us had interest in you know children's books or children's devotional um but really that had never it just had never happened and then we had a publisher actually approach us about writing a children's book and I was like I guess this is our first book we're writing together it is a children's book it's kind of cool how it had been on our minds but had never come to fruition and Ariel wrote a book previously not yeah. a kid's book for four years ago this month actually mm -hmm. I launched it and so we learned a lot through that and um, our publisher has been awesome and so the process yeah. writing a kid's book is not as easy as I thought it was. Hmm. Um, it's a lot more work. In our process, we uh, actually, the bulk of writing this book, we went on a pastor's retreat uh, in Arizona. Yeah. And we took all of our spare time at that retreat and we would just go and we would say, okay, we're, we're writing on this character, th this character or this that. section of the book. And so I would write what I thought you know, my take on that, that story of that page. And then she would, and then we would read them to each other and take what we liked of what each other wrote and just try to combine it. Yeah. That was our, I mean, I don't, that's probably not the most efficient way, but that's how we did it. Hmm. And so we really did write this book together. I mean, every page is put together with our individual ideas um, coming together. Here's a copy of the book. Oh, oh, fun. Fun. That looks awesome. Can you read it or is it backwards for you? It's, oh, it's, it's, it's perfect. Great. Yeah, it's, it's perfect. Okay, yeah. Cool. yeah. Well, um, when we got them, we got them last week. We got some copies. Yeah. <laughs> um, this, this dog. It's, it's really like we're really pumped about it. It's like higher quality I, than we thought it might wow. be. Yeah. When it showed up in the box, I was it's like, cool. oh, man, these look better than they looked on the PDF file. Mm. I was excited. That's so uh, fun. And our, but a, yeah. a little bit about, just give an overview of the book. It's a fun book that will draw kids in, but it's also, as a parent reading it or a grandparent reading it, like you're going to enjoy the story too. Um, and it's Jack going on a journey through his dream they're on a train but he falls asleep and then in his in his dream he goes on a train which is uh, the fantastical circus okay and each one of the train cars is a new circus performer and we draw out from that circus performer a specific characteristic hmm. a virtue hmm. and that how that virtue is used in their line of work hmm. and uh, under undercurrent theme throughout the book that isn't written on any page is gaining respect for the men in Jack's life, his dad and his granddad and how mm. they can be, should be mentors in his life. One of the things that was super important to me is to portray the men and the father and the, the grandfather as respectable, honorable yeah. heroes, men to mm. look up to and to learn from because um culture doesn't do that yeah, right. yeah. yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> as men 
if we have that expectation of ourselves, then it helps hold us accountable to live up to it. Hmm. But when the expectation for ourselves is to be a deadbeat, mm-hmm. uh, to do whatever I want, to have no responsibility, well, then guess what? It's easy to meet that expectation. Hmm. And so that's something really important to me, this yes. current. Um, I think yeah. one of my favorite favorite characters is Zarif, the strong man. And his virtue that he's displaying is consistency. Um, commitment, I think, is how we wrote it in the book. Yeah, yeah. commitment. Wow. wow. Oh, so fun. <laughs> how Love do you the illustrations. The strongest man. Commitment. Yeah. yeah. You, you don't do it by going one day a year and lifting as heavy as you can. You do it by being committed. Hmm. And so how do you grow strong in anything that you want to be good at in life? be committed to it. And, and so Ariel's yeah, these favorite. are my, these are my favorite here. And wow. That is that. So beautiful. That is. And yeah. Uh, we were amazed. We had an awesome illustrator. Our publisher actually found her for us and presented her work. And we were like this, it's perfect. It's, oh. it's fun. It's bright. It's whimsical. It's exciting for kids. Um, and one of the biggest things for us is that we wanted this to be a book that not only kids enjoy reading, but that parents enjoy reading to their kids or that grandparents or aunts and uncles that the whole family can get involved with and that it's a good generational book for everyone because, you know, you're learning something through it, but it's also really fun for the kids to look at too. Yeah. But yeah. Wow, that's so great. Oh, I love that. We, we love our publisher. I mean, I know I've said that, but the Good and True Media, ha- they're the only publisher we've ever worked with, but they've been fantastic. Hmm. And we have a huge, huge gratitude for them. Without them, we wouldn't have written this book. Hmm. And yeah. um, they've done a fantastic job. And we're, we're just grateful for that partnership that's allowed us to put our fingerprints on this story and to get it out. Yeah. That's great. So can you guys let us know when this is available, where we can find it? How, how does that, how does this all work? Yes, it will be, it's, it's in pre-launch right now, but it's officially launching on Tuesday, um, November 23rd. Hmm. So it's two days before Thanksgiving. So it'll officially launch. It'll be on Amazon and on good and true media's website. And then they're working right now with Book Depository to get it international so that it can easily ship to different countries. So it'll all be available. And if you go to their site now, they have a lot of free on Good and True Media. They have a lot of free stuff up right now. Um, If you sign up for their email and you get on that list, um, they've put together just some awesome fun things to do like over Thanksgiving break with the book. and like coloring pages and things mm. like that. Oh, you cool. can, can pre-order now. Yeah. And uh, it's, it is discounted right now on pre-order. So that's, that is so awesome. And I just thank you guys so much for getting on today. I know that our listeners, just as they're hearing from you guys are going to be so encouraged and so aligned with so many of the things that you shared that are just so subtly going so strong against the grain of Mm. culture. And that's something that we're really 
I don't know, we, we want to love people, and we, but we also just want to have our journey that we feel like the Lord's calling us to, and that can ruffle some feathers, but it also, it, so it's really encouraging, I guess, to hear from someone who's just walking it out, living it out. So I want to know, where can people follow you, watch your family, learn from you guys more, and just like stay connected with your journey and what you continue to do? Um, my Instagram is Ariel, A-R-I-E-L-C Tyson. And then that's the same for our TikTok together. It's just Ariel C. Tyson. Um, we also have our YouTube channel, which is the Tysons. And then you can- My Instagram, I'm Michael Tyson the fifth. So it's Michael E. <laughs> Tyson IV. This is so long. Nice. Wow, nice. Hey, here's a, here's a little nugget. We have a fifth, so- Oh, wow. Wow. Oh, you're Whoa. Whoa. So wow. Man, insider information. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go, so. I'm going to go buy that domain now. Yeah, exactly. Okay. That's so cool. We will have everything linked down in the show notes and in the YouTube description so everyone can go follow you. And thank you guys so much yeah, for getting been, on today. This has been so encouraging. So, so blessed by you guys. Thank you so much. We're really grateful for the opportunity. Yeah. It's been good thanks. talking with you.